spidey senses tingling. Really big show. That was the voice of the RDJ of podcasts, Mr. Slim Papercake, episode 57. <laughs> Welcome to the Papercake Podcast. Papercake.com, check it out. Uh, it's a Tumblr page about comic books, and this is the podcast. Uh, we go over industry news, you know, the books we're reading, and a book club book. This week's book club book, Wolverine by Greg Rucka and Derek Robertson. And then we read your letters to close out the show. It's a whole thing. I mean, we got a process. Letters at papercake.com. Check it out. Um, so, you know, this is this is a comics podcast. You know, you're checking us out for the first time. Glad to have you here, buddy. Thanks for showing up. I'm excited to be here with you in your car, on your iPhone at work, your miserable job. You know, we're here to make it better. Maybe you found us from iTunes reviews or you love nasally voices support group. Somebody directed you over here. Uh, so let's go around the room and introduce the hosts because, you know, this is your first time. Let's make it, you know, an informational experience. You know? To my immediate right, he's been called by himself the most boring host of the podcast. He's uh, he's a family man. He's got kids. I do. You know? He One. likes um he likes drinking the scotch. I got a bun in the oven, as I say. Um he used to write on our website about web comics. He's a web comics aficionado. Like me some web comics. Uh, Dale underscore A. You're on the Twitter as Dale underscore A. That's right. Find me there. Follow me. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for uh, having me back. It was a touch and go for a period of time. We're excited to uh, do the show. We uh, we've strengthened our bond, our man bond as one, as one. And uh, you know what? We're looking ahead. Let's look ahead to another host. To my right. With us tonight. You are a glorious man. Never published as a writer. He's a writer, but he has been failing for so long. Considerably failing for a long time now. <laughs> you're you're writing a comic book yourself. Yes. You know? You'll get there. Um, Someday. Like I, Stanley, I won't become a millionaire until I'm 80. Fanfic 101. <laughs> Uh, he's on the Twitter as Jonesy Loves Beer. Welcome to the show. And welcome to my humble paper cake show, Dan. Thank Cigar you. Cigar lover. Here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We have a special surprise for everybody. Uh, one of the most despicable hosts we've ever had is back. And the and he's not even going to get any intro music. I'm sorry to say. That's right. That's right. Uh, last last week he was on the lamb. You know he wasn't with us. He was on assignment, doing a special report for us. We can't announce just yet. Yeah, it's top secret. 
A special imaginary report. We hope it's good. Um, at one time, he was considered a DC historian. At one time. You know, now since the new 52, he's been reset to zero. He's building up his new repertoire. Repertoire. You know, any kind of French word you want to throw in there, that's him right now. Uh, he loves Batman and DC Comics. You know, he's an entrepreneur with Yes Hello TV. He's a TV star. It's an honor for you to be back on the show. Mark Farrington, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I challenge you to a game of horseshoes, Slim. A game of horseshoes. Game of horseshoes. Is, is this a trick? Should I what, should I engage right now? As a horseshoe player. Yeah. Should I engage you in a game of horseshoes? After the show, I'll introduce <laughs> you to Arrested Development. We'll play some horseshoes, and you'll get it for next week. I love Arrested Development, and I just don't remember that reference. I'm sorry. It's from Tennessee. I'm talking about the band, not the show. Moving on. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Mark. Are you excited to be back on the show? It is great to be back. It's been a while since I held the mic. It's been too long. I've missed you guys. It's almost like a Mark hologram right now. It is. <laughs> they can do one for Tupac. Yeah. We, wow. we uh, as a group, collectively, me and Dale, we were at Free Comic Book Day this weekend. We went to the great the comic book shop in Delaware. Yeah. We had a table. And we were meeting people, kissing babies, shaking hands. Was it everything you thought it'd be and more? And more. Mark, Dale, how, how was your experience at the Free Comic Book Day? Yeah, free Comic Book Day was just a, a an experience like no other, I think. The electricity in that store for those several hours we were there. It was electric. The, the paper cake banner was hanging behind us. We did a raffle? We did a raffle for uh, you know the fabled paper cake spinner rack featured in USA Today. And the uh, Daily. The Daily, the iPad-only publication. Publication. Yeah, uh, we uh, met some great folks we never met in real life before that. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, we knew their Twitter names only. Twitter handle. It was like a Twitter tweet up. It was a tweet up. At Panooch. Mm-hmm. Panooch. A couple other JMFFC. JMFFC. Yeah. He's uh, the reason I didn't come for no, mortal Twitter enemies. Oh, my God. <laughs> How uh, many enemies do you have? <laughs> actually, no, I have no beef with that guy. I just thought I'd. It I was, you know, wasn't included. He wanted to get back in this conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's been <laughs> yeah. silent for the last five minutes. <laughs> it Sorry. was, it was just a completely amazing experience. I mean, uh, the uh, we were like in in a little artist alley, I guess you could say. The whole mm-hmm. that whole side of the store was one row of tables, and you, people were just walking, you know, up and down the tables. We we're getting to promote the podcast, give away our stickers, mm-hmm. give away the raffle for the uh, a free book off the spinner rack. We were rubbing elbows with Koi Fam. Koi Fam was there. Daredevil, That's Scarlet Spider. You ever heard of those titles, Mark? Yeah, I've read a couple of them. You I ever love heard them. of them? I love them. Guy signed my Daredevil, my copy of Daredevil. Lucky. He went over there, wagging his tongue all over the place at Koi. Yeah, almost got those p- original pages he had all wet. <laughs> do, uh, do you guys go back to the green room together and like? There was have, a green room. Have a couple bottled waters and talk about what a tough day it was. We went back uh, into the green room. We had a few sandwiches. I had a chicken cheese steak. Beth Corto was there. You know, we shared a Sammy. We chatted with some Stormtrooper dudes. Oh, yeah. That were back there. The most, I mean, these guys were just. The Cats PJs? You would think that they were Stormtroopers in real life. Like, they carried themselves like 
They didn't speak. They, they stormed just, into my heart. They never good. dropped character. It was Nothing. like in the locker room when they got done their shift. They took their helmets off. They're all sweaty, eating Italian hoagies. It was amazing. <laughs> That's how it happened on the Death Star, I'm told. <laughs> it was amazing. So, yeah, there was a moment where we talked about the order for the comic shop and Sarah Titus of the Tituses asked one of the stormtroopers what they wanted to eat. And it's just always weird seeing a stormtrooper talking through his voice box you know, what, yeah. he, what kind of Italian hoagie he wants to eat. I'll have the filet of fish. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I great. mean, overall, it was just it was just a wonderful day. I mean, uh, new a bunch of new people coming out who normally don't visit a comic shop were there, mm-hmm. uh, picking up the free comics on the table. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a, just a great great day. And uh, Sarah and Patrick and Duffy and Martinez and Ashley should just be completely proud of themselves for a, a great day and a great weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if if it's like that. Every year, they should be so lucky that um, that you know they're getting the word out and pe- and people are coming. Great people, great Those people, people, great day. Maybe we'll talk about it a little later. Yeah, we'll get into the deets. Stay tuned. You know the fun times we had. You're lucky. Yeah, it's such a good day. I'm lucky. Is that what you just said? You're lucky. Why would you say that? To because me? I sat in a classroom from nine to five. It was awesome. <laughs> He's live trolling you right uh, now. I wish Don't I was, fall for no, it. I'm so jealous. Let's switch it up right now on uh, PK fifty seven, Wolverine. The Avengers had, uh, just came out. You guys yeah. heard of this thing? Yeah. Made like $205 billion. It's mm-hmm. It made $200.3 million, whereas last week you predicted closely $450 million. Right. So you weren't that far off. How, much, did it ma- how much has it made worldwide so far? I, mean, uh, I have no Close idea. to that 450 number. I, I got the numbers right we here. We asked you domestically. Oh. The numbers. <laughs> Was that it? What's What's the official numbers, newsman? You guys newsman? refer to the newsman. Um Six hundred and fifty-four million worldwide. This is a Tom Brokaw of, of Paper Keg news right here. Good. It's Lordy. already cleared the Hunger Games worldwide. Good. Hunger Games at six hundred and seventeen million. Mark, the world is waiting. What were your thoughts on the Avengers? I can die happy. I loved it. I loved every single minute of it. Hmm. For a two and a half hour movie, heavy special effects. Great story, great characters, great effects, great everything. It was perfect. Well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I concur with Mark. I mean, uh, the the special effects were incredible. There was no point where you could honestly say that that looked fake or whatever. I mean, even the Hulk, as much uh, screen time as he had, he was seamless in New York City. I mean, the uh, the uh, the effects, the the witty dialogue. The uh, the banter between all the heroes, I mean, they were like you were reading a, a panel of the Avengers in a comic. I mean, because even in the uh, during the heavy times, there's always time for little uh, teammates to... Uh, butt slap them. Butt slap, pick on each other, you know, make fun of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great, great, satisfying, satisfying film. Uh, I want to hear from a writer, you know, who really wants to dig deep into this movie. Jeff Lemire okay. is here. Two things. <laughs> Two things. Um, <laughs> if you would have asked me three days ago if I ever thought anything could unseat the Dark Knight from my heart, I would have said, no way. <laughs> then I saw the Avengers, and it might honestly be the greatest movie I've ever seen. Wow. I agree. That's an amazing <laughs> distinction. Coming from a writer... I was unpublished. Unpublished. Uh, unpublished, certainly unpublished. Fanfic. Zero credibility. Um, <laughs> I would say I was nervous about trying to juggle 
that many characters, that many storylines, that many fandoms into one cohesive movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. But making it an action comedy comedy buddy film was something I didn't think was going to happen and ended up working so well that, I mean, I could quote the movie. I could I could tell you a million things that I loved about it, and that just speaks to how whoever sat down and banged out the script. And it's really a tribute to how well Joss Whedon did his job. That that cut, that edit of the movie is just phenomenal. Perfect. It is the perfect execution of a movie. You know what was great about it, too, from a comic book standpoint is it was an original story. So the super fans like us aren't going in there thinking we already know what's going to happen. And everybody, every character was done with justice. Nobody's character was butchered. Everybody got adequate screen time. Mm-hmm. And everything stayed true to their respective Marvel movies. And no point was I disappointed. Uh, and you know what? If you went into the movie where one of the Avengers was, quote, your favorite, end quote, like if you're an Iron Man guy, or if you're a Cap guy, or if you're a Thor guy, whoever those few guys are, you didn't get disappointed. Your favorite hero got to do something cool, say something cool, and at the end go through a character arc. Like, you got everything you wanted out of your favorite character all in one movie with eight main guys in it. Can I, can I bring it down a few notches? Please don't. Black Widow's butt. I just wanted to... You know, Slim. she Go. got a separate credit for that. Yeah, the, the, her butt had an assistant. Please. And a key grip. <laughs> I did think... Uh, I, Are you firing? I will say that now? I loved it. I loved every minute of it, except for the first 25 minutes. Slow for you? A little slow. I was like... I, during the first half hour, I was thinking to myself... Oh no! I'm gonna not like this movie. What is happening? Everyone else was wrong. Uh, outside of that first thirty minutes, I thought it was great. And I will say that I thought there was a few scenes that could have been on the cutting room floor. Like I felt like some scenes were really extra. The scene where uh, uh, what's his name, Coulson, talks yeah. to him about Natalie Portman. That whole oh, scene yeah. could have been gone for me. I agree. No, no, okay. like outside of the Natalie Portman stuff, it was useless. Because he even asked like Thor, like, what are you going to do? And uh, Samuel Jackson asked him, like, what are you prepared to do for your brother? And like you, they play that as if Thor's about to go interrogate Loki, but that, that doesn't happen. Black Widow goes in. Yeah, I thought... Here's the thing. I think in the Avengers, Thor really works as just the muscle, the transportation. In the Avengers titles, in my mind. Transportation. You know, you know what I mean? He can teleport yeah. people. He's got a big hammer. Like, he works really well in small doses in the Avengers book. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they try to give him so much screen time as, like, a regular dude. Mm-hmm. I think uh, but I perfectly. You know, just flip-flopping to give Thor credit, I think that movie really jumped off in that moment that he lands on the Quinjet. Like, I think that's when the movie finally... Spoilers, everybody. He uh, <laughs> and I remember, like, when that, <laughs> that, was ha- a spoiler. When that happened, out. I, like, forgot how the Thor movie ended, where he was kind of he was stuck stranded. forever in Asgard. And it was almost... And I understand why they really didn't even care, because the majority of people that saw Avengers didn't see Thor. Right. Um, but there was almost a passing comment by Loki's, like, you know, what did father have to do to get you over here? <laughs> I thought Loki... Dark matter. Dark. Was incredible as the villain. I thought it was good. Knocked was, it out of the park. Yeah, that was a nod to the originals. Loki was the villain that got them together in the first place. Was it? There Spoilers. You go. Well, there you go. Spoilers. There you go. Um, Marvel historian over here. 
you know what else is good is Marvel Comics should be ashamed of themselves because Hawkeye was cooler in here than he is in any comic. Especially in the battle of the last scene, no spoilers, but when after that panoramic shot that we see on the commercials where all of the Avengers standing shoulder to shoulder and then Cap is barking orders to people, I thought the way they used Hawkeye, brilliant. Why didn't anybody think of doing that before? I did want to say in that that shot from the trailer, you don't even nothing compares to the actual movie. Like when you see the them like the camera panning around the team in the trailer, just elevated times a hundred in the movie when yeah, there's like a that was an before, amazing scene. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I teared up a little bit. The uh, I slimmed it out. My I think my all time favorite scene is there's a few great ones, but I just like seeing Cap with a machine gun. With yeah, like that his, was cool. His goofy helmet off, and he's just like shooting people. Mm-hmm. Cap, Cap like killed the guy in one scene. Like yeah, he, he I kicked the guy out of the uh, <laughs> out of the thing, and I was just like sitting there. Cap just killed that guy. Just point blank. There's, yeah. there's no doubt that that guy just did die from a twenty thousand foot fall. <laughs> yeah, and I I enjoyed every second of it. I thought I don't know his. Uh, I mean, it was just great. I mean, you can only. I mean, you had so many starring characters. Uh, overall, it was an unbelievably enjoyable movie. Yeah. Can we talk about how cool the Easter egg credit is? The first one. No, oh, we can't. Shout no, we can't. Out to spoilers. Shout out to fans. There are two end credit scenes. I only saw one. So That's unfortunate. When you see it, what? stay you, for the both. How did you only see the one? Why didn't you see the second one? I was so happy after the first one I got up. Un- and then just, I went home and Googled it. I said, all right, this is great. I'm done. And did you imagine that Robin Williams would be the next <laughs> villain of the movie? I was. There was wishful thinking. First how Easter bad. egg, though. Robert, actually, not to ruin it, but there's a trailer out now where you find out Galactus is really Robin Williams. <laughs> In disguise, yeah. right? He poses some he weird, creepy yeah, question. He comes to Earth as Mork. <laughs> how bad does the Dark Knight trailer look compared to the, like, the entire ordeal? I thought the I Dark Knight trailer was kind of a letdown, to be honest. I think I'm more confused than anything. Like, yeah, but yeah I, he's like he's like near death and he's got a beard and then he's ravishing looking at a dance he's dancing with Catwoman like half a beat later yeah it's not a guy (laughs) (laughs) why didn't you just kill me what was her line in the uh, I'm adaptable I'm adaptable and yeah. her like math movement in that scene (laughs) freaks me out it seems just like everybody is into the overacting uh, category in that trailer, and, they, and the, everybody just wants to think the trailer is just so deep, like because uh, of the music they're playing. It's like how about the here. narration too? Like there will be a fire, or a fire will rise, or something like that. Jurassic Alien uh, says like he's like judging from the trailer. I guess the rumors I heard about the ending are true. And, like I couldn't, I, did, I tried to understand what he meant by that. Like, does that uh, know? I, uh, well, I think what he's saying is uh, when Michael Caine goes, "You've already given everything to the city," and he goes. Not everything. Yeah, that <laughs> was yeah. That was a great I line. Think, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. That's a great line. I think uh, I think they're alluding to could Batman <laughs> die at the at the end. Not <laughs> it's I not a car. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's not. Uh, I'm very. I mean, I'm still excited to the movie, and I'm gonna like, sh- you know, ass in my pants. It, it, right. it sounds. Yet. It sounds like Bane is like. Morgan Freeman and Shawshank, like he's just narrating the movie, <laughs> like with the like booming voice of his. Oh, no. the only, the only it was 1945 match. when I first met Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can think of in the movie is like he maybe at the end of, or it's eight years later. So I'm guessing he's been like in a prison for eight years. My guess no. is maybe Bane broke his back. Like at the end of the movie, the second movie or something, and then he comes back. I don't know. No, I've heard he. It's not a god. <laughs> What have you heard, uh, Mark Farrington? 
Can you do that one more time? No. <laughs> no, 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 no we, we can't, can't do it on it. We're banning Fat Man Impressions for the rest of the show. I heard he Not gave everything. up. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Sorry. Sorry. To me. <laughs> yes, hello. So, yes, hello, uh, the Batman. This is where the yeah. where every gonna, new person this listens to the show everyone just is, deletes Everyone it. is Mark has played archive. <laughs> um, I heard he gave up at the end of two, and then I guess Bane comes into town, and that's what spurns him back into action. And then uh, Patch Adams rehabilitates him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I foresee it as like uh, the beginning of... <laughs> Look at my nose. I've got a red thing on my nose, Rose. What do you think about that? Huh? <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns when he just retires and he comes out of retirement. That's what I had heard. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, we got to move on. We're Wait, running out of time. 45 quick, minutes of the new segment. On a, back to Avengers. One of the things that I was thinking in that battle for New York. I could talk about Avengers all day. Marvel has got to get their all of their movie properties back. How cool would it have been when they're fighting in New York and... Spoiler alert, one of the big creatures falls to the ground. I'm not spoiling anything in the fight. But how cool would it have been if it grazes the Baxter building or if you just see Spider-Man look up and see this battle? And it will never happen because all of those properties are owned by different houses. I thought that was going to be the one hidden gem that nobody got out. There was going to be a Spidey cameo. That's what what I honestly thought was going to happen. There are so many business reasons why it won't happen. Right, But how cool would that have been? The suits... The suits would have been all over that. Comic book round table. You know, we talk about comic books. You know, movies. We read comic books almost every day. You know, when we have free time. Or on Sunday nights before recording. Or 20 minutes before I left my house when I read 90% of the books. (laughs) Let's uh, go around the room. You know, talk about a book that we've read. Uh, You know, spread spread the love. You know? That's what we do. We just love each other and comics. I want to hear from... A dear friend. Janzy loves beer on the Twitter. Action Comics number nine. You bastard. Do you want this one? Oh my goodness. No, I no, got no. I got I six wanna, or seven more on my list. I want to hear what you have to say about it. So I took a break from action comics Good after uh after Good they Good after the first five issues and then they went back in time to retell the origin. Oof. Like midway through the first story arc, I was Garbage. like I was I didn't like it, but I heard a lot of buzz. About this issue, so I picked it up. That was the uh, shredding machines. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it very well could have been. So this issue is like the sliders of Action Comics. Uh, we are introduced to uh, a, and was he the president? He no, is the yeah. president. So the black president of the United States, uh, very much akin to what you're going through now in the United States. Did you say akin? Akin. Akin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's what, you know. Shut it all down. Just shut the whole <laughs> podcast down. That's my I don't Willa, even know. My Willow Grovian accent. Not everything. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> akin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get it together, Slim. Uh, so he rips open a shirt, and he is Superman. I, I'm assuming his identity is not secret. You um, wrong. He fights their version of Lex Luthor, who states loudly that he's not a racist. He just doesn't like Superman, which I thought was totally took me out of the story two pages in. And then you find that during this battle, a alternate Lois Lane slides into the universe, sporting an eye patch. I loved it. All gruesome and talking about that uh, they're running through each universe trying to get each Superman to help them 
but each Superman falls. Who, who are they running from? Are they running from uh, like a Superman being that they created with their right. with their mind? I, I essentially, couldn't, I couldn't figure out if it was just another alternate Superman. Or if it was some it was kind a, of outside threat. It was the Superman that they created. So their world didn't have one, and they oh, so created they it. it. Okay, that makes a lot more yeah, sense. Yeah, they developed a machine that used kind of like their minds to form uh, whatever they could like, you know, create with, with Jimmy, Clark, and Lois. Clark in this universe wasn't Superman. Okay. So they used their their oh, wow. their brain Thank powers. you guys for reading this issue the whole way through. <laughs> uh, uh, it was kind of like a wish off a monkey's paw. It started yeah. off great and then... Oh, and then and tumbled down. Right. I, I tell you, I, I was so disappointed with this issue. What I did was I just found myself flipping through it towards the end, so I didn't really catch a can lot I, of backstory. Can I play devil's advocate here, if I may? You usually do. Dude, loved every second of this book. Why? Wholeheartedly agree. It was not stunning. I, I, I am not coming back for ten. I, Am I wrong? Tell me why I'm I, wrong. Well, no, because you often I, do. Can I can I get time to speak right now, please? Thank you. Not I yet. saw this cover and I was annoyed. I was like, "What is this garbage happening with Action Comics? Why can't you just tell the story about you know adorable, down in his luck, oversized sweater, Clark Kent, you know, dirty face?" And I see this Earth Twenty Three business, and I thought it was gonna be another one of those Legion garbage issues. I read it. Tells this fantastic story about a black Superman. Wearing this boss costume, eye patch. Lois Lane needs his help. She doesn't think he's gonna do it. Uh, turns out the Superman's a badass and he can do it. Um, everything about this is great. This is a one-off issue. Like this is what we love. The one-off issue. Warren Ellis. This is like a Warren Ellis issue. Mm-hmm. You can hop in and enjoy it. Um, I thought Find the I up. thought the the Justice League in this universe were great. I wanted to buy. I want to buy a comic book with this Superman in it. I would pay money. To buy the Superman comic. You know what else is great, too? The story that he had in the second half where Superman is invading the Al-Qaeda look-alike thing. And the dictator there, I guess, is a government agent, a government president. He calls, thank you. He calls the president, not knowing that it's really Superman who's in there tearing up his weapons of mass destruction. And Superman just lays it out to him. He's like, look, I just took out your whole armada. And you could tell the U.N., but then you'd be admitting to having weapons of mass destruction. You'll find we make better friends than enemies. And at the end of it, Wonder Woman is calling him out. Black on, Wonder Woman. Black Wonder Woman is calling him out on his actions as president and his actions as Superman and that they're not in line. You can't be leader of the free world and a vigilante. And what happens when those points of view conflict? And that's when it ends. Yeah. I love this wow. issue. And um, he's like assistant is Brainiac. So he has these like brainiacs that look like him so he can be in two places at once so no one is the wiser and uh you know it seems silly but it's just as silly as no one realizing clark kent is superman when he wears glasses you know but i i thought it was great i would literally buy that every month was batman white still in the universe Batman was still white but everybody else was like green lantern and i think flash and i'm blanking on who else yeah i thought it was uh, amazing I, did, I went in with such low expectations because I was going to be annoyed with you know more goofiness. But I picked this up. It was a Grant Morrison one-off idea from like 2006 or seven when he did Final Crisis and something else. And the idea was so well done then. I'm so glad that he did a sequel. And the um, the part where th- uh, the end Lex Luthor teams up with the Superman to get rid of the alternate dimension Superman, like based on the fact that he's so annoyed that there's now two Supermen in his universe. So he like teams up with Black Superman to get rid of it, which I thought so was hilarious. Good. So good. He's great. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this Superman, but right afterward, I'm gonna kill you. And it was it was great. Oh, good roundtable, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need you around here. Yeah, really. 
I'm just gonna go get you a drink. You guys okay? Which uh, direction are we going right now? Do we want to go to former DC historian? Get him in there. Nah, I just did some talking. All right, my man Dale. Right. You're up next, sir. Get Pass me in, in the there. Buck. I'm gonna go. Uh, my new favorite, your mother's new favorite, <laughs> Daredevil, number twelve. I'm, I might just take this completely over from Jonesy. Uh-huh. Because it needs to be done. Do it. You know? Do it. Um, Daredevil is uh, Mr. Matt, Matthew Murdoch, as they say. And he's starting to uh, cat around with some assistant DA. Good for him. Kirsten McDuffie, her name is. Kirsten. Good Irish girl. Very valley girl name, Kirsten. And uh, Kirsten McDuffie is so convinced that Matt Murdoch is Daredevil, she is willing to just try to catch him off guard to uh, to say that. To find out that he's there to like catch him, like know trying to catch a about. pencil or something like that, and uh, they're getting ready to go on a date, and it's like the most romantic thing ever. That uh, Kirsten McDuffie basically is blindfolded. She asks Matt to tie the scarf around her face so she can't see either. And then they go through this ta- little town fair. It's beautiful. Uh, they go on this little date, and they're both blind now. And uh, obviously, he mentions you know he does have extra sensory abilities that you know. They're not completely dead in the water if they're uh-huh. both blind. Um, but they, then there's all these little flashbacks about how she's trying to get his attention yeah. and prove that he can see. And one of them is like he throws, uh, she throws a pencil at him or something and hits, her, hits him in the head. And uh, another one is like she act, she lifts up her shirt and on her bra is written like, I know you're Daredevil or something like that. <laughs> so And like how could – if you could see, how could that not like catch you off guard and uh, – it was just a beautiful kind of um, flashback through uh, him and Foggy's relationship in college. Foggy ran into some trouble. He was accused of uh, uh, plagiarism because the the uh, professor basically just didn't like him. And he's explaining to Kirsten about how they had like a little mock classroom trial. You know, college, I love that part. college hijinks. And uh, and uh, Kirsten McDuffie is. Uh, I mean, I. I ha- I don't read a whole lot of Daredevil. I just know he's had women trouble in the past, so I can only assume. You can say that I can only assume that Wade is writing Matt Murdock like he's ready to get back in the saddle. Like me as a reader, I'm like, you re- maybe he shouldn't have women written into his life like this so soon. But is Matt Murdock the kind of a player that? Well, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to answer. He's every girlfriend he's had is dead now. Right. His wife is dead. Uh, or ex-wife, I guess, at the point she died. Or crazy. Or crazy. Or, or you know. Electra and Typhoid Mary or, or what happened tragic. To, what happened to the blind girl he was dating? Mia, she died. How did she die? Do you remember? I cannot remember, but I know they were they got divorced. No, she didn't die. She, The guy who shows up in the last panel, Mr. Fear, actually gassed her when Brubaker was running this, and it drove her crazy. So she's uh-huh. in an insane asylum now. She accidentally killed somebody. There you go. Dead, insane, or a killer. Right. Yeah. So... So Mr. So Mr. Fear shows up at the end, and they're basically like cuddling in a, in a corner or, or an alley, and um, it's basically like classic Spidey moment that I would akin it to because I read more Spider-Man than Daredevil, but it's a it's a it's a cliffhanger, but it's basically like you're about to find out he's Daredevil or he's about to get out of it some other way, right? You know, because Mr. Fear has him cornered or something like that. But what a beautiful issue! I mean, it, Chris it's, Omni. Chris Somney on art is just absolutely glorious. Mm-hmm. Glorious. He's I good. love his art. I really appreciate Mark Wade's direction that he took this title because I think in an early interview he said, you know, I'm not going to 
t- make him poor. I'm not going to make him not a lawyer. I'm not going to make his wife die or whatever. I'm just going to let him have some fun. And 12 issues in, it, it's really been a much more lighthearted, yeah. I mean, almost Stanley Kirby-ish Daredevil. I really enjoy it. And the running gag through the whole series, even and especially with Kirsten McDuffie, is there, basically in the paper it was outed that he was Daredevil. And then there was a retraction printed saying that he's not Daredevil. So, of course, nobody believes the retraction. And uh, and he's like – he's even wearing like a T-shirt that says, I'm not Daredevil or something yeah, like that. I remember that, that in one <laughs> issue. He came to a party with that shirt. Um, but it's just a running – it's like a lighthearted gag. And, yeah. and But Daredevil still gets in there. And actually, Daredevil's not in this issue uh, as we know it. He's just uh, – um, old Matt and it was it was really cool that because they were both going to be uh, blind through the uh, through the little town fair, he hired Spider Man to watch over them, <laughs> so nothing would happen. It was just the cutest little panel. Oh, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, all Spider Man would know if he was going on a date with Black Cat. Yeah. As long as he goes, <laughs> as long as he wasn't going yeah. on a date, he's like, "You going on a date with Black Cat?" He's like, "No, I'll do it." He says, <laughs> "Amazing." Yeah, uh. it really is. I can't. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful book, and there's still time to get it on the ground running. Buy all, buy all twelve issues at this point. The issue was so good, and shout out to my favorite writer's favorite writer, Mark Wade. Exactly. Because, I dear God, I hope so. He's the man. Um, aside from the one panel that you were talking about, Dale with daredevil on a rooftop with spider-man the issue was so well written you forget that that's the only panel where daredevil was in costume everything mm-hmm. else was so engaging that you don't even care yeah it's just a be- it's beautiful it's a beautiful story i mean I, I say beautiful too much okay. still uh 299 too it's yeah, not 399 book. yeah you nice. really i mean that's few and far between mm-hmm. all those marvel books and it's a meaty book too i never walk away feeling like oh they're actually all there was. and uh Spoilers for all you digital heads: the like the first seven issues are one ninety nine in Comicsology. To give them a plug for our, for us print folks, though, so get out there. The hardcovers out there, the gorgeous hardcover. Get that sucker. The second hardcover will be out soon. I got some bad news. We're running out of time. Mm-hmm. We are grossly over time. We can't. But we okay. Stick with the program. We got to keep it the train of moving. Okay. I want to talk about a book. Cowboy. Cowboy. You ever heard about this? Please. Never. Never? Please talk about it. You know about this Chris Eliopoulos fellow? He's a letterer. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when I did that $2 comics deal? Your Tumblr? Your $2 uh-huh. Tumblr? He uh, had a little book about some little ghost. You know, a little yeah. adorable character. So his he draws, too. Uh, but his characters are kind of like uh, Don Garvey's little sketches. You know, little adorable versions of characters. This is a. It just follows this little kid, um, in the wild west, and he's looking for someone. And he, the first issue, I think, is a piece. I'm not sure if this is a direct replacement of the print book that had come out because it's been out for a little bit. Um, oh yeah, the the whole story, right? The hard hardcover. Mm-hmm. He he's he goes into the saloon looking for uh, this guy, and it's just this hilarious, adorable like situational comedy almost where you know this little kid goes into a saloon looking for answers and he's acting all tough and he's coming in riding a horse and uh he gets kicked out he comes back in with a shotgun um and like wreaks havoc looking for answers it's it, it's like alley mm-hmm. in terms of the most adorable thing i've ever read in my life dollar 99 on the app 
And it's actually because he was born into like a rotten family. Like his whole family were crooks and bandits and awful. So he has vowed to bring every one of them in for justice. Spoiler. Spoiler. Thanks, I didn't even know that. There you go. But that's <laughs> that's like known in the... the uh, I think, did they come out... What was the format it came out in print originally? It's a whole hardcover, hardcover book. Okay. okay. So it's a complete story. Yeah, this is one of nine's, uh The issue ends where he meets his dad in the jail. He's like, okay, dad, you're coming home. And that's when you find out who he was looking for. Okay. Every panel, everything was brilliantly paced in terms of like when he went into the saloon, like the looks everyone was giving each other. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Can't beat it. Um, there was actually a little short, like a three or four page story in the Archaea hardcover free comic book day edition that hmm. so, told a little side story where he was trying to, uh, he talked to uh, some little kid and the dialogue was written so well. Like this little white trash kid was like fishing with bacon bits, trying to catch a fish and he's like hollering at the fish cause they won't bite the bacon. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's what he did on summer vacation. And he's in this little one room schoolhouse telling about his little weekend. And he's like, I met this boy who told me that in this town, there's this two-bit teacher, her two-bit woman who's posing as a teacher, and uh, she's apparently a crook, and she, she you know, robbed a train or something, and the uh, teacher's getting all nervous, and she, like, runs out of the uh, schoolhouse. He's like, I don't know any teachers like that. There's only you, Miss Pritchett, or something like that. <laughs> and Miss Pritchett goes running out, and uh, and uh, Lenny, Lenny Burt. Burton, mm-hmm. that's a little boy's name. He's waiting for him. It's really cool. And the, and the, and that that's his aunt. And his aunt like smashed his train set when he was small <laughs> or something. That sounds terrible. Like it was it's psychologically a, not right. a bad book. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, I think it's fantastic. Just overall production of the book. So it reminds me of um, what's that book with the guy and his horse? Fear Agent. The that takes place in the Wild West. Do you remember that? Kind of an all ages book. Oh yeah, what was that? I can't remember what that's called. I think it's Image. We got to keep the train moving. Mark Farrington, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. Are you excited to talk about Wolverine soon? More than I thought I'd be. Save the show. <laughs> what's a What's a book you read this week? FF Seventeen, John Hickman. What Hick- happens when Peter Parker and Johnny Storm become roommates? I don't know. Can you tell me? It's the Odd Couple, twenty twelve. <laughs> You get woken up by threats that Electro is attacking Manhattan Trust only to find it's your roommate messing with you. You try to walk through the door for a big meeting only to find that somebody replaced it with a portal to the negative zone. You come home after a rainy day presentation at your awesome uh, scientific research job only to find that your roommates are on a crazy party with mutants and aliens and a certain redhead you used to bump uglies with. Oh, my. Peter Parker gets a little drunk, courtesy of Johnny Storm. They have some wild times out. All the while, Johnny is cuddling up to Mary Jane. And throughout the day, Peter is just saying in the back of his head, i got to kick out Johnny today. Today's the day. Today is when he's gone. But Peter's a nice guy. He doesn't want to throw his best buddy on the street. Mm -hmm. He keeps him there. Havoc ensues. And so finally he wakes up hungover from the party thinking, all right, maybe I can stomach Johnny just one more day. Goes to the bathroom to find a nihilist sitting on his toilet. Says, Johnny, you're out. Johnny says, I'll pack my bags. It was a fun little one-off story. It's nice. You hear about these guys being best friends. It's nice to see why. Isn't a nihilist the guy that put Johnny Storm through torture on another planet? Yes, it is. Hmm. Yeah. And Jonathan Hickman is the same writer who wrote that too. The whole the whole sequence where the uh, basically he gets drunk because they lose poker to this horse man with a horse's head, and he like makes he forces everybody to drink magical mare's milk. 
and uh, <laughs> like one <laughs> shot, and it's just like the hangover. Like they're just buzzing through town, and they don't even know what's happening. It's how about really, that? That's a really good sequence. Sorry. How about that one panel where the horse is like hitting on the police horse? Oh yeah, yeah. And they're all just <laughs> Johnny's hitting other, on the like, police woman. Right. They're all just looking at each other like, "What the f?" Beautiful. I will point out for the listeners that when Mark said that Johnny Storm was cuddling up to uh, Mary Jane, Mark put his arm around an imaginary person <laughs> for nobody's benefit but his own. I got into, I got into the moment. Yeah, he was into it. And then how about the next morning when he is on the phone with Mary Jane, talking all cutesy? No, you hang up first. Well, I can't. No, you're a tiger. I'm a lion. And Peter's just slowly piecing together who he's talking to. He crossed the zone. He crossed we, the line. We have to move on. We are at the 40-minute mark of this podcast. Oh, boy, That's God crazy. bless. We're at least 10 minutes behind. Crazy. Lightning round. Uh, a book we've read in two sentences or less. You know, quick and dirty. Just how Gen Z loves beer, likes it. What did you read? I went back to the archives, as Mark would say, and I read Thor, Gods on Earth. Don't shake your head, son. By who? Dan Jurgens and Stuart Amonin. Ooh, good pick. What if Thor inherited the Odin Force and decided it was his job to take over the planet because he could lead it better? And anyone cared? Okay. Lightning bottle. <laughs> Please. Lightning. One of the only readable Thor stories. <laughs> Lightning rebuttal hmm. next week. Hmm. Clarifying. Fire side chat. That's what we do now. You've been absent for a while. The New Dead Wardians, number two. Continue to be amazed by the premise of this Victorian-era book. Mark's iPad is making noise during the recording (laughs) of this program. New Dead Wardians. Good book. Mind the Gap. Jim McCann, we all remember him. It's not part of my two cents. There's that. 50 pages for the first issue. 50 pages of I don't know what the hell is happening. Too much information, Jim McCann. <laughs> Lock and Key, Volume 1. I'm mad we've never talked about this book before. Stop what you're doing. Go by the volume. Read it and thank me later. And then thank Mrs. Beef. Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, by Greg Rucka and Derek Robertson. Oh, God. Uh, let's give a little backstory. You know, there's a movie coming out. Let me just let me just set the stage, Jens, because I'm just too excited to talk about it right now. Um. You know, there's a there. Let's. It's time for a reboot. It's time for a relaunch. Number one, with the Wolverine. You know, X Men's coming out. Sales. You know, ticket sales are through the roof. You know, we need to put out a new Wolverine book. Uh, number one issue. People like me take all my money, Mister Marvel, and that's what happened. Chancy, what happens? What's the premise of this book? In one of the brief moments between adventures. Logan has been known to go off and do some side justice. Uh, in this volume, Logan uh, develops a quasi-relationship with the girl next door in his apartment complex. 
uh, it takes a shine to her because they both read the same books. She ends up disappeared one day, and uh, Logan sets out to find her and bring her abductors to justice. It takes him to the Midwest, where he fights against a militant brotherhood and is chased by an intrepid reporter. It was a good time. Thank you. Good timing on the slash one. FBI Thank you. agent. Yeah. Um, I adore the first few issues of this. In different, and I, I adore the whole arc in different ways. Okay. I remember when this came out. I I was uh, this was during my hardcore internet research days. You know, tr- looking at message boards. You know, reading about it. What's mm-hmm. happening behind the scenes, guys? Um, Greg Rucker originally wanted to call this Logan. He didn't want to call it Wolverine because, as you know, he doesn't even wear the costume. That's right. Uh, I think probably during the first three arcs, maybe the, you know, I think his entire stay uh, on the title. So he just wanted to call it Logan. Um, and for those that haven't read it, the series starts out with Wolverine, not um, you know the Sean Chen version, which was the series before that. You know when the Sean Chen was on art, um, Wolverine was in the Mafia. You know, and stuff, but it still had those Assad Ribbit covers. Um, and there was this side note, but there was this great scene where Wolverine re- rescues this kidnapped girl, and the girl asks if he's Spider Man, and he's like, No, Spider Man's a sissy. I love that issue. Um, so the character of Wolverine looked tall and handsome. So when this book came out, he's short, ugly, you know, Bulky. angry all the time. Um, Literally how the character should be. Really short, you know, all the time. Um, so the book starts out, and he's just in this apartment reading. That's all he does. He's got no furniture. Um, and he goes to get coffee. He doesn't really talk to anybody. And the waitress calls him a mean man. The The first issue is really her diary being uh, read as, you know, thought bubbles during the issue. Um, so she sees him uh, come home one night with a knife in his leg. And she, you know, she takes note of that. And the next day he's fine in the restaurant. So during the first issue, uh, you kind of see that her tone changes and she starts writing to the mean man. That's what she calls Wolverine. Um, And, you know, will you help me? Will you, uh, you know, save me? Will you be there for me? And eventually they come for her, this brotherhood, uh, and they murder her in her apartment. And they also see Wolverine at the opposite apartment, so they like light his apartment up, and he's like bullet ridden. So he finds this diary and reads it, and that's how the first issue ends. It's like him, you know, reading her diary and reading all her secrets. So you know what happened to her life. She was, you know, she escaped this like this awful sex camp, this like um, brainwashed, you know, uh, cult. And that's the first issue, and then, like it's him trying to go and enact revenge and find out where these people are. I thought, you know, the first issue was fantastic. Cover, fantastic. Every cover for this run by Asad Ribic is fantastic. Um, Amazing. Mm-hmm. The uh, the interesting thing about this run is that by the third issue, I'm going on a tangent here about the title, but uh, by the third run, Marvel, you know, once the work came in, I think he was like ahead. So by the time the third issue was out, um, his design of Wolverine changed during the run. So they saw, like, his work, but he was already three months in, and they're like, you got to change this stuff. You know, this Wolverine design is not going to cut it. 
you know, we need the tall, Hugh Jackman, good-looking Wolverine, and not this ugly character. So when you read the third issue, halfway through, you can see the slow change to yeah. a taller, mm-hmm. you know, attractive Wolverine character. And that was, like, such a bummer to me when that happened. And I remember reading about it, and then, you know, through the end of, through the end of Rucka's run and Ra- Robertson's run, um, the character itself, you know, he doesn't return to that short, ugly character ever again. Which is, uh, and to your point, drink. drink. Um, like, there's, a, there's like, a panel where, like, he, one of the bullets comes out of his skin, and it's, like, in a, bu- like, a scabby like bubble. So yeah. he, like, takes a call and pops it out. And in the bottom of the panel, you see like his ugly little Wolverine nipple, and you're like, you're like, this is how a mutated person who had the powers of Wolverine should look. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be a six foot tall Australian handsome, well manicured man. He should yeah. be an, an animal. And it's uh, like the Wolverine character. One of his main tenets is he doesn't know whether he's an animal or a man. And when you make the man look like an animal, you believe in that struggle a little more than you would if he was a beautiful Hollywood actor. Mm-hmm. Or even the Wolverine before in that Chen run, like in the uh, story where he takes on the mafia, he's like this slick, tall, good-looking superhero. Mm-hmm. And in this, it's like it's really Wolverine. It's a yeah. guy who doesn't know himself, but he some, wants to some panels, get right. Some panels, he's literally an ugly human being. Like the, yeah. like the weird panels where it's like a three-quarter shot of his face. His nostrils look awful. I he, loved it. He looks yeah. like a young Danny DeVito in like <laughs> yeah. in the in some of the scenes. But When they show his, him the full panel shot with him with the knife in his leg, and he's like glaring back at Lucy Braddock, it's like god-awful. I mean, he's an ugly... Yeah. He's an ugly man. He's an but, ugly F. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... the. So what did you, what did you think of it, Dale? I uh, sorry, I uh, I thought it was an amazing run. I uh, I actually read so little of Wolverine, not on a superhero team. That I mean, I f- I found it to be way refreshing and way amazing that he never put on the suit. Mm-hmm. Like even in his solo run now, like on every cover, he's in his suit, and I, I'm not up to date to it, but I know I read Enemy of the State. And he yeah. he quickly goes back to uh, being in the suit, but it's just uh, it was a great gritty story, and they write Wolverine to be a little more older age you know age appropriate for an older person to read, and it's just no holds barred. I mean, you really feel that he made a connection with Lucy Braddock, and he's about to go jack some people up because they did this to this nice lady who's just trying to get away and just trying to make her way in this crummy apartment complex working a job where, you know, she's probably picking up dudes are picking her up, you know, just trying to mm-hmm. make ends meet and stuff like that. Um, I just, I enjoyed the crap out of this reboot. And this is about, I remember this was kind of about the time that I got back into comics so I was I'm pretty nostalgic about this and the next run because I was I was back in the comics for a short time and then I dropped kind of back out again and Brotherhood and Coyote Crossing were just two runs that I mean I just like man this is I love this story I love the adult nature of it I love that he's never in an X-Men costume he never refers to the X-Men mm-hmm. and it's just him uh going to bust some heads trying to exact some revenge on this small town and and break up this cult, and then of course the uh, 
the issue with him and Nightcrawler meeting in the bar. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, stop, stop it right okay. now. What that I, is just... What I thought Rucka understood about Wolverine is something that very few writers do. Wolverine is not a superhero. You know, he's a tortured right. soul who goes after justice because he could never get it for himself. Right. And he does it in his own way. Right. And doesn't that, have to be the right way. And I, that's what I love. He's not, I mean, as much as he is an Avenger and an X-Man and has the tights, like, his character works best when he's mm-hmm. that that evil thing that if you cross, he's going to do evil to you. And it makes it that much more scarier and action-packed. And, and I know that, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people say Wolverine is overexposed because in, he's in every book, but he really gets... You really get a chance to know the man himself in his own title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, reboot it every month if you have to. I'll buy every number <laughs> one. I mean, it's just a chance for you to get to read a side of Wolverine that you normally don't because he's on a team book. But this is the this is really Logan. You know what I mean? It's like this is really the guy, Mark Farrington. I love Greg Rucka. Always have, always will. And it's weird to see him. Having read his entire Bat Run, it's weird to see him do a guy not in costume who's a borderline anti-hero. I can count on one hand how many Wolverine story arcs I actually like, and this is easily top two. Uh, it paid homage to my favorite role in comics, Show Me, Don't Tell Me. For the whole 40-plus years Wolverine's been around, we hear how mysterious he is. We hear how B.A. he is, but this we just see it. And I love stories where the character, the hero in this instance, is viewed and portrayed from other people's point of view. Like you said in the opening arc, it was the woman who lived across from him. So it was her looking at how mysterious he is. It was her looking at just how tough and mean and cruel he is. And it was her begging him for help. So it adds just so many other dimensions when you don't know what Wolverine is thinking, but we're watching it unfold. Uh, it was it was incredible. Um, you know, his old running gag of, I'm the best there is at what I do, his trademark? Well, this is what he does. Yeah, exactly. We got to see it. Mm-hmm. And you get why he's a force in the Marvel Universe. Not to sound corny, but Wolverine's a force of nature. If he's got his sights on you, get your house in order. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to make it out on the other side. Yeah. And I thought they'd ruck just... M- did a great job of um, Lucy asking Logan for help. She didn't come out and say it. I mean, she borrowed a book from him, basically, and put her diary inside the book for him to find later because she knew he would find it. Mm -hmm. And it would just come across like it would hit home that much more when he read the diary and actually, you know, believed. And she wasn't just some, you know, crazy woman who just begging him once he comes home from the diner one night about, uh, you know, what what she says she's been through. It's just not a, a cool way to uh, tell some story, and it's out of the ordinary. I think that was the scene where he, like, went in to the crime scene the day after when he was, like, done healing. I, and uh, I think he, like, sniffed... There, like, there's, like, four panels of just him, like, sniffing the room, and that's how he found the diary. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, just a little... Just a little touch. You know what else is great about it, too, was reading this, I believe that Wolverine is a samurai. I know they've done stories in the past where he's a ninja, he's a samurai, he goes to Japan all the time, but this you could see him living by his own code of honor. He has no problem hurting or killing anybody who does wrong to other people, 
but you could see how much he wanted to help this girl who he never crossed before, mm-hmm. never met her. She just asked him for help nicely. And then at the end, when he's in the bar with Nightcrawler, how conflicted he feels about everything he does. You mm-hmm. see the internal struggle as opposed to reading word balloons of just how messed up I am. That 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 issue, that like one off issue where he meets up with Kurt to talk about like how he's he's like still struggling with not being an animal and he's a really a man. And that dates back to um Wolverine volume one or volume two, the on first ongoing issue fifty. You know, with that yellow cover that had the cut, the sliced claw marks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, that's when he goes back to the Weapon X program, and he fight. He sees like all the sets of his life, like his high school prom. He sees that set. He sees like all these missions they want on. There's a set there, so he's like finding that like all of his past uh, could be a lie. And they unleash that Shiva machine, and the final battle between that is like he's like freaking out, and he's like I'm and. I think the machine calls him an animal and he just like goes berserk and screaming. He's like, I'm not an animal. I'm a man. And he finally destroys the machine and the, to come back like full circle to this issue at the very last page where he's just like looking, he's like his head's down in the alley Mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm not an animal. And he just like repeats it. He's like, I'm not an animal. He's just trying to convince himself of it. Yeah. Because he's so doubtful. Like, this is like the like the quintessential Logan story. It's not the quintessential Wolverine story. Like, I yeah. get that why he wanted to call it That's Logan. That's a great way to put it. Um, but, yeah. like, this is, like, what you would recommend to anyone that's, like, scoffs at Wolverine. Or right. Who doesn't that, understand the character. Yeah, yeah, and they just see him. Oh, he's an Avenger. He's an X-Man. He's, he's whatever. He's on everything. Why would I want to read more of him? Because mm-hmm. you don't read anything like this yeah. in any of those other books. And the shame of it is, having followed Wolverine not too much, but in team books, this is the best Wolverine I know. I mean, Slim, I know you're the Wolverine fan in the group as much as I like Batman, but mm-hmm. you got him, and he's had some silly elements to his... 40 some odd year history but this is just good yeah mm-hmm. this is a solid story mm-hmm. and that's where you can i think you can tell is like the right time rucka had a plan to kind of just legitimize the logan side of wolverine and uh i mean he pr- i'm curious to see if he uh if Wolver- if marvel had to curb his storylines at all because maybe yeah, he just wanted to take it yeah i i can see the editor-in-chief try to road the uh Ride the coattails of this big hit X Men summer movie. Yeah, exactly. And then Rucka turns in pages about this dark, murdering character, and you're like, uh, "Can we wait till next year before we release yeah, that?" Greg, yeah, Greg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I can't implore enough for anyone just to go pick these titles up. And and to the comment that we made about um, the change of the character, like I, I think I posted on the website the original cover to Wolverine number one. Oh, he's, yeah. like a, he's got like a fatter, uglier face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's, it, the original Assad Ribbit cover mirrored the character that was in the first two and a half issues, and then they changed it to the more attractive. I wonder who has motorcycle that. riding the like the Dreamy. real version of the cover. Yeah. I tried to find like a really nice large version online, but it's hard to track down. Even the the, the cover to issue three, which is I think like my second all time Wolverine cover. You can't really find a large copy of that. Is that where he's on the motorcycle? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a great, great shot. I wish... uh, And number six, where you just see Nightcrawler's tail. uh He's sitting there at the bar table. So great. I'm I'm never going to remember to ask you this again, so I'm going to do it now, even though we probably shouldn't on the show, is what's the cover where Wolverine's in his brown and gold costume, smoking a cigar, and he has a 50 caliber machine gun, 
that's on a tripod, and you just see him shooting it off in the distance. It's like a side profile. Doesn't have his claws out. He's just in the costume. I think that's just a Mark Silvestri. I want to say it's, it's not just a, a Mark Silvestri really splash a, page. Okay. But I know the one you're talking about. During that Larry Hama, Mark Silvestri run, and during that whole se- his first like ongoing, he's always smoking cigars and just being a total badass. Yeah. I what know. else you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I like the whole, uh, it was cool how he had to go, how he found out the cult existed, you know, by going to the gun show and talking to the arms dealer under the yeah, table. Yeah, like his brutish detective work. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that's not, you couldn't do it any slicker. He, it's Logan, it's Wolverine. I mean, he probably mm-hmm. has the skills to do it, but he goes to a gun show because... Mm-hmm. Most of his detective work involves torture. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's even kind of just like a total jerk uh, during the interactions with these people. Yeah, Like, he yeah. doesn't sugarcoat anything. He's not there to, like, play nice to get answers. Right. The one, like, the part where he goes to the diner and the chick meets him there first... Like, he's ready to just call the whole thing off. He's like, right. you know, this isn't, you know, you're late, and he's not here, I'll see ya. And he just, like, he's, like, ready to bail on the whole thing. Like, he's a total D-bag, the entire yeah. issue. Back it up, too. What else was cool was right before that, when he goes to his contact, who I guess had some shady dealings at the construction site, and he goes, I need, tell me about this bullet. Drops the bullet that he pulled out of his body. Guy says, looks like it was in somebody. Yep. Was it in you? Yep. Do they regret doing that? Not yet. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, was yeah. Cool. that was just cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, again, you see that everybody knows like you don't F with Logan. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I like it was cool how he uh, wanted to help out Lucy's dad, though. And he's like, go find my friend. that the, He's got a shop in Plano, Texas, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, and he'll let you hang out in the back room because, uh, you know, that poor that poor old man was just so broken up over Lucy getting caught up in that whole mess to begin with. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I forgot about that Forge reference. You're right. He did send him down to Texas. And I, I don't. Uh, I remember. I read Coyote Crossing. I don't remember if the FBI agent goes any further though. I can't remember, remember either. I don't I, remember. I, I did download the next um, few issues, but I Coyote didn't read Crossing it yet. is the next arc, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's where the art, the artist has like a weird Eduardo Risso quality to his art, but I have never heard like about this artist again since then. Leonardo something or other. Perfect fit for this book though. Hmm. Wolverine didn't uh, Robertson do the art? No, Coyote Crossing had a different artist uh, for that oh, whole Coyote. arc, and okay. then Robertson came back for the Native and some other stuff, which Great. I which I can't wait to download either. There you have it. The book. We got your letters. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You know, shoot us a letter. We'll read them. Um, Live. I know, Dale, you had some saved. You don't have that email up, do you? We didn't, uh, we didn't show prep well enough. Um, letters at paperkeg.com. Check it out. Uh, Dale might have a few. Uh, Mark, if you actually, Mark, you just read um, the ones that I that I that I emailed over. I think you should be good. Panooch shot us one that is pretty interesting, saying, "Hey guys, know you've all been reading comics for a long time, or I imagine, but at one time or another, he's asking, did we ever, have we ever thought of the big two character titles, publishing titles? Well, I'm butchering this letter today. Of the big two publishing houses." Marvel and DC, are there any characters or what title would we pick up and who would we have on the art? If we could guest write an issue or an arc, 
Oh, wow. Jonesy loves beer just shot in his pants. I know, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> come to me last so I can think about it long and hard. Slim, you go first. I, um, I don't think I would ever want to write a comic book, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. You tried once, remember? Some, yeah. Well, when I went grade school. Um, no, no, no. It, it was a couple years ago you had came up with that idea for the I did. faux Fantastic I, Four. I, had, I still have, think that's a great <laughs> idea. Did we ever talk about it? Or I might have just kept it to myself. I don't no, want to just give it I'll, out. I'll give it out. You want me to give it out? No, I won't. You just said it. it. Um, it's we a brilliant see. idea. There's just well, just, it's my Mark Millar idea. There you but go. I'm gonna keep it to myself. I don't think I would ever want to write. I don't know. I don't know. It's a. It's a. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's. I definitely know. I don't have a creative bone in my body, so I'd leave it all up to the experts mm-hmm. for for now. Yeah. That's a good question, Panooch, but honestly, I don't think I'd have confidence in myself to even pick, like, even if I wanted to pick, if I just say, I pick a favorite character and write a good story. I don't know what that story is, but, um, oh boy, I don't know. There's some good characters out there that I would pick. The Goon. The Goon, yeah, The Goon's good. I could see you writing a Chew story. Mm. It would just be Mason Savoy nude every page. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a Mason Savoy side story about <laughs> About an adventure that he had. Where he meets his friend named Dale, and then they go on an <laughs> yeah. adventure together. <laughs> they go on assignments together. No, 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 I take that back. Dale could write an atomic robo, because he could just have fun with that. He did say big two. Damn it, you're right. Mark you're Farrington, right. we all want to know what you would want to write. Sadly, I've thought about this before. I can't imagine. Batman's son, Marcus. Williams. His adopted, his <laughs> other adopted ward. His other black neighbor. <laughs> I would do two stories. The Flash, Wally West run, right after Mark Wade ended his. Oh, my God. Specifics here. <laughs> and I would do a Jack Knight Starman story arc. Hmm. You wouldn't do an issue where Batman married you. Dear God, no. <laughs> the hate mail on that would be for days. Grant Marson would cheer that on. Probably. Probably. Get him up. Jonesy? I would do a one-off, giant-sized... Daredevil Spider-Man team up mm. with Andy Kubert on art, <laughs> and he would have to hang out at my house for a little bit uh, during the process, and just like draw pages and like where he's on the bed with his feet up, but he's really drawing comic book pages and handing them to me. I mean, that's how I imagine I it, it going. Got a vision of you in like a chef's robe, like a, <laughs> <laughs> you're coming in like with a with like a plate of cookies or something. Yeah, it would be how pretty, are we doing that art, Andy? <laughs> what can I get rub? you? Uh, that's that's my dream right there. Nice. A nice buddy cop Spidey Daredevil story mm-hmm. that would eventually be optioned into a movie. I feel as though you've taken a crack at this before. How many pages? You wouldn't do get that? paid for it because it's work for hire for Marvel. You would never make a cent off of it if that became. That's right. I realize that support creator own books, right? Uh, but I would get to see it in the theater with my three paper cake friends, and, uh, really two and a half, and Andy Kubert. Yeah, I mean, well, he would be my you, best friend after that. You sitting uh, on Andy Kubert's lap during yeah. the whole movie. Right here, buddy. <laughs> you'd be like Jimmy and Justin, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. Like, you'd just be... It would be the brilliance of the century. One. Yeah. Jonesy loves Kubert. Mm-hmm. Mark Farrington, JLK. did we get any more letters this week? We got a real short one-liner saying from Joan Jordan out in Gettysburg saying, when's Mark coming back to the show? I miss his heavy breathing and thoughts on the DCU. Hmm. Well, Jordan, I'm back. I was missed. For now. For now. For now. Mark's I missed you guys, too. He's uh, almost a guarantee for the next episode. 
Almost. That's really? True. It's a lock. Night's still young, boys. We'll see. We'll I, see. I bet even money. Um, what a show. Win column? Oh, what an absolute win column this was. Super win column. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not positive that that's a real thing. Super win column? That can be measured. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be measured. It can't. Super columns can be measured. Mm-hmm. That Daredevil Spider-Man team-up book would be a win column for sure. Super win column. I even know who the villain would be. You ready for he this? Just, he just looked at a katana. An Is alternate it? version of JJJ. As a villain? Yep. That's pretty cool. Villain like turning the people against him or he would be like super powered. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. All right. Don't worry about when he writes it in 20 years. <laughs> Let me know when yeah, Andy, we're all dead. Let me know when Andy gets back to you. Uh, next week, we are about to change some major gears for the book club. That's all we get? Archie. Archie Comics. Archie Comics. Are you prepared, Mark? Mentally? We'll find out if I'm back. Uh, We will see everybody next week, next Monday. Thanks for being here. From our hearts to your ears. Peace out. Last word. Is that a new thing now? Uh, it's coming back. You were, you were gone for a while. Jonesy and Dale, for those of you listening at home, just showed their best friends forever handshake. Thunder it's not going to last. The Thunder in Paradise. Well, who was Hulk Hogan's partner in that show? <laughs> Who knows? Some dude. You're the guy doing the Thunder in Paradise <laughs> handshake. Uh, let me do the IMDb on it. While you're, IM- <laughs> while you're IMDb-ing, your Lightning Club book, Thor. Lightning Round? Lightning Club. <laughs> I like Lightning, Lightning Club. Club. That's it. I think we should start a group called the Lightning Club. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. Your Lightning Club round book, <laughs> Thor. Yes. Dan Jurgens. Yes. Was that after Heroes Return? Uh, Heroes Reborn. After, yeah, but it was. Was it the Heroes Return run? I think Ramita did the hero, the Heroes Return. Yeah, it, yeah, I think you're right. After it, after Thor comes back, uh, <sighs> Odin dies, and it, it's basically Shock. a <laughs> yeah. But they actually poke fun of that during it, which is pretty funny. He it's dies, it's basically it? just a 40-page, or 40-page, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus, a 40-page, god damn, I said it again, 40-issue run where, you don't have to shake your head at me. I know I'm in the wrong candy. here, Dale. You're derailing of, the show uh, when the show's over. <laughs> how can you derail a fireside Let's chat? Let's just move on. It's over. We've Please. lost 40, it. 40 this issues. Is Thor is driven pretty much insane by the Odin power and takes over the earth. <laughs>
Thor's driven insane by reading his his own comic books. <laughs> go go see right. the Avengers and feel much better about whatever just happened. Yeah, right. Okay, it's Fireside Chat. Everybody's tuned in. We can do the spoilers. Can we please talk about the Easter egg in the Avengers? We can't do Which the spoilers. We can't. Oh, God. What if we told everybody now that there are spoilers to follow? Please turn off the. We can do because they do wouldn't. It in, we can do it in the Easter egg to the Easter egg segment. Or the that's right. <laughs> if you can find it, the super secret fireside chat. Yeah. If you wait for twenty minutes of silence, and then tune back in. What was the other uh, fire or uh, lightning club books? Do we the lightning have rebuttal. a rebuttal? You did. You started ripping on Thor. Oh uh, yeah, because it's awful. Yeah. I remember the uh, the only reason I know Ramita did the Heroes Re- Reborn or Heroes Return, Return because the dude. cover the cover was very yellow, and I just remember that cover. I remember things stupid like that. Everybody had that. Like Avengers, Cap had that. Iron Man had that. Cap, um, was that Mark Wade and Ron Garney on the hero? Yeah, the Heroes of Return. That was the one where Cap was like, he wakes up in uh, Japan. Yeah, and they're honoring, you know, Captain America, and they're all westernized. Yep, and he has to get back to the states and he's trying to figure out what the deuce is going on. I remember that being a thick number one. I loved it. The deuce. Mark, you didn't talk about um, Earth Two. I was looking forward to hearing it because I wanted to, yeah. read, but I haven't. I'm going for a. I was thinking about doing it on the next show. Okay. It was it was a good book. I read it too. Did you? I also yeah. read it. You're going to do it before me, aren't you? I am the new DC historian. I'm not sure. It's true. He I has a, that. He has. He only responsibility every show <laughs> since like episode ten. We ran super late. We're already at an hour and thirteen minutes into this episode. That's long. God bless. It's a free comic book day, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, free comic book day. What a, what a time that was! Everybody everybody was uh, fantastic that day. Met at JMMMC. Mm-hmm. Is there three M's or two M's? Two M's. M's. JMMFC. JMMFC. He's quite He's dashing too. He's got charisma about him, doesn't he? He was a uh, he knows how to rock a polo. There's no doubt about that. Did he pop the collar? Was it popped? No, it was not. No, popped. he's not like that. So I feel like we don't have so any normal dude who would pop a collar. I'm Nobody late, listens I'm to for the that. show. I have to ask that anybody give Beth Corto a hard time. No, why would okay. they? I don't know. She's, uh, she showed up. I mean, she did uh, uh, something that half the show couldn't do, and that's show up to freak out with that. You know, we just had an hour and thirteen minutes. She gets of a great, f- great show. She gets a free pass. She for gets that. a free pass for the rest of her podcast life. There was rumors of uh, another Beth Corto episode in the city. Really? That's right. Can you guess the book? Jeff Lemire. No. What's uh, Jonesy's pick? You don't have one. I'm gonna blow your mind. Invincible. Oh wow! I need to be a part of that. Hmm. Well, we'll see. see. I know we'll how to, see. I know how to get if to our apartment. A, if it's on a Saturday or a Sunday, uh, and we tell you the date, you'll double book it. So we'll have to get uh, <laughs> Hang on, Dale. Where's the world, Philly? That's all I gotta say. Uh, I'm no, gonna segue back to Free Comic Book Day. They've been doing this for like what eight, nine years now. No idea. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's great to see it grow. Mm-hmm. Definitely, the Marvel movies have helped, but now it's a thing. I've seen yeah. a couple news stories where. Uh, ABC News is going to local comic book shops. That's cool. There was a uh, sign on the the comic book shop in Delaware's free comic book table it said uh, three comic limit for like adults and no limit for kids. That's great. That's, That's right. perfect. I did have to see one guy put his books back. It was a little awkward. Well, I mean, you can't read the sign. I know. You don't have to be a cheapskate and steal from the kids. Yeah, really. You know? That's the thing, the man. If you know, what if little Jimmy comes to the store and picks up free Spider-Man and wants, you know, a couple for his best friends so they can read it together at school. Mm-hmm. I saw you it know. happen. The kid limped in. He had some kind of debilitating disease. And he couldn't get his books because that dude picked up too many. Are you trolling me right it. now? Is that for real? It's real. That's you know what right. else is real? I know because I just made it up. 
You're a J. Tugged at the heartstrings. <laughs> Tugged at the heartstrings. You walked into that too. You I did. Dummy. Like, did you hear my heartstrings breaking as he was telling that story? I'm like, no. Why would anyone do that to a kid? It, He's already got problems in his life, Slim. It was pretty great because we, you know, the line would be there was a guy blowing up balloons. We can talk about him off air. Yeah, the balloon man. We got some good opinion. He can make a good balloon Spider Man. He can make a good balloon Spider Man, and he has some Muhammad Ali memorabilia. That's that right. He wants to sell you. You we know, had no. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but we had kids in costume like walking by your table. We oh, were able to ask nice. them you know, who their favorite superhero was, and they were able to say like Spider Man, Captain America. And I was just like, oh. like I read a lot of superhero <laughs> books. Like some kids, so all kids are cute, all of them. I mean, so you're auditioning replacements for Mark, is what you're telling me? And maybe there's one cute more. kids. Yes, yeah. Don Garvey and Mike Connelly. We had a good run. They had a super long line. They Wait, did. For, MCon. They were sketching the crap out of uh, they killed the it. sketch cards. Yeah. They should be an artist alley at comic conventions with those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. They could make a killing. They were working yeah, double time. I, I favorited a lot of tweets of theirs when they were posting them on the Twitters. A lot of great stuff. It was amazing. It was a good time. Had by all. You know Adam, blow your mind? The four of us all remember where we were and what comic we bought that was our first. You guys were at some kid's first time ever picking up comic books. We were there. Oh, we're nice. in their memories for the rest of their you life. You are. They're ingrained. They'll think comics. They'll think you guys. Did we ever talk about what our first comic book was? I think a couple times. I'm sure yeah. we have. I'd be surprised if we haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Summer, I have. Over the summer we did, I remember. Amazing Spider-Man for me. We didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> what a show. Who's excited to talk about Archie next week? Fireside Chat, where friendships go to Save die. Save for the show. <laughs> Well played. The elephant <laughs> graveyard of uh, paper cake. Yep. <laughs> uh, what a show. Oh, speaking of which, um, I use the new version of Instacast for iPhone, and there's a um, link tab when you click on a show to listen to. If you click on links, it'll show a list of every link that was in the pod- podcast description. So you so, can just choose the link that... Yeah, so if we ever like made a link to, say... Um, a comicsology post for like you know whatever we talked about cowboy, it would turn around and they're like you could click on them and so if you're listening and we're, someone's talking about cowboy and you want to buy it, click links and you could just click on it and get it. It's pretty That's amazing. good idea. Take Their that. app is I don't think I've ever downloaded another podcast on iTunes since oh. I got Instacast. Instacast is amazing, mm-hmm. especially the streaming. It's all cat. It's all you know organized. It's good for your uh, beautiful eyes. It's good. It's very good. Mark, how's Facebook looking? No, I'm trying to download the Augmented Reality app because I heard about the... Right now. He's trying to yeah, right now. All those this alert, is, how about this those is like absolutely the appropriate alerts time. that went off on Mark's devices during yeah. the show? It was a rookie mistake, it? and uh, <laughs> I was really embarrassed to make it. I know better. Uh, <laughs> what a show. Do we, have show. Any, do we have any other topics? Jonesy didn't have any uh, pretend yeah. set topics? Yeah. And uh, you know what a lot of people ask me, Slim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that for? What podcast I listened to? I don't know. It was pretty cheesy. But yeah. it started a good discussion. It did. Yeah. It was it was cheeserific, well, but it worked. I think we spread the word on some podcasts too. Yeah, that day. we did. Maybe we should do oh, your, well, cheese, your cheese questions often. Speaking of which, I listened to Ancillary Characters podcast. Yeah, I will give it the official. I don't listen to other comics podcasts, but now I listen to that one. I thought the, the thesis. The, yeah, the thesis segment was really good. I yeah, I, I I really dug it. I uh, and I. I used to listen to major spoilers. I just can't listen to it anymore. I need to take a break from it. Mm. And I don't. I listen to comics just for comics, mainly because you're on it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you say support, my name. Uh, Do you I, still but, listen uh, to lending uh, credence to my theory that Savage Fincast? Uh, I have the Eric Larson interview queued up. I just haven't had 
the time or inclination to listen Craig to from it. Philly was there. But I, I do like really? those guys a lot. So Was it, he hating? Yeah. He he came hating, out. Well, he was hating on you a lot. But yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I Easy mean, target. That's just normal. Guy came out for beer with uh, for beer with us. I mean, yeah. that was pretty amazing. Shot the S. Yeah. Talked, about, the S. talked about before Watchmen. Cool. You know, court battles. Does he know his stuff? That guy was like hardcore on like the Eric Larson boards, message boards back in the day. Right. And he remembers like Kirkman coming up and Joe yeah. Keating. Like he was talking about how all these guys were like trying to push Battle Pope and, and everything. Like these young, this young Robert Kirkman trying to like. A young Bob Kirkman thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, some, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Telling yeah, those war really stories, cool. message board war stories. For some reason, I always picture him in a blazer. With but instead of a polo shirt, a little savage dragon on it. I don't know. I he could pull it off. Who? Uh, Craig, Craig from Phil. I don't know why it always pops in my head that he wears a dragon fin cast blazer. There you go, marketing genius over here, <laughs> Jonesy. Yeah, instead of a little alligator to have a little uh, little fin. Yeah, uh, I like uh, why not? I like a little embroidered fin. What a show! We have to end on that note. Great show. What a show! Maybe the fireside, fireside. We can talk about the spoiler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. So the first end credit scene. Full disclaimer to anybody who hasn't seen the Avengers. Heavy spoilers. If you want to be surprised, turn it off now. The first end credit scene. Uh-huh. Who did you think the villain was going to be? You know, when I saw the ridges at first, the first thing that popped into my head was scroll, And then I started thinking, why the hell would it be one scroll? They always talk to a queen. And then it hit me. Oh my God, that's Thanos! Well, the Infinity Gauntlet was in the vault of Odin and Thor. You remember that, right? No, I didn't catch that. Wasn't yeah, boy. So you know they kind of what just happened? Right is that as Guardian? They kind of yeah. That was. That w- I'm gonna loop the hell out of that. I'm gonna <laughs> that cut was, that out. It's like Viking. <laughs> looked like he was literally possessed for a second and some spirit took over and was trying to communicate with us. It's like yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> is that the family that used to live in this house? Is that like the, the father it, is communicating with us? Like We're here rafters. for you. Little seven-year-old <laughs> girl who passed away. <laughs> Can we Google Yobly and this house's address right now? What happens when we do that? Anyway. Every 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 <laughs> night at nine thirty five, murder suicide. <laughs> That's gonna be the first result. Yobly Smith. I can't breathe. It's so funny. Oh, sugar. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we haven't been drinking. We have not been drinking. So Thanos. So did you see the? You say you didn't see the second bumper at the end. <laughs> bumper, bumper, bumper. <laughs> I did not. Um, I was so happy once I uh, figured out it was Thanos. I'm like, all right, I can call it a movie. I'm good. I wonder Let's how go. the second movie. I wonder if they're really gonna use Thanos for the second villain, or that was just kind of like a nudge, nudge comic nerds thing. Like, ah, he was behind it the whole time. Ah. They. Ha- that's a hell of an escalation from like Loki to Thanos. I mean, this yeah. guy killed. Half of the universe just to impress a girl. Like, can, can you see a, a an Avengers movie with uh, CGI Thanos as the villain? I don't know if I can see that. No. They did. No, do you see in Hulk though? Yeah, they did Hulk. Hulk. True. The only other thing, scrolls, the villains that I can think of for the next movie, would be like Ultron, but there's no, there hasn't been a Hank Pym yet. I don't know if he's a Marvel property now or not. 
Uh, they, I thought they were trying to develop an Ant-Man movie. Right, but they are, but Edgar Wright, but I don't know if that's like a Marvel uh, production. Okay. I think it is Marvel. Is it? Yeah. It's Marvel. I wouldn't mind seeing Ultron. I don't know how I feel about Kang. I'm trying that's, to think of like the main That's Avengers the thing. Like, what else could they do that would be a big marquee villain? It would be Civil War. I was thinking the third one might be Civil War. But that's even right. then, would that be interesting if I just they only had like... my face. <laughs> Because I was just wanted to share the love. Because uh, I wanted to share the love. Somebody quote that. All right. What do they kind of set it up for Civil War a little bit at the end? Remember no. at the the no. final no, montage no. where they it's didn't. like, who are these superheroes and they, you know, who are they to do? Blah 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 blah. No, yeah, that's just normal. That's like in the first page of every comic. The Daily Bugle runs. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the, might be. Yeah, might I thought be. the only setup that they could have done for it was in the helicarrier when. Cap, when everybody's fighting and then Cap and Iron Man are going at it, put on the suit. Let's go a few rounds. Put on the suit. Hey, go put on the suit. We need to get out of here. Mm. Hey, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I thought there would be more, like, opposition for Maria Hill a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, like... She's a tough BA in the yeah, books. And she had more... She's probably has more of a shield mindset than Nick Fury. For now. Yeah, but, yeah, so that's probably got to, you know. She was a pretty big B.A. in that first scene, too, when she's driving around the Jeep. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that mm-hmm. my Colby Smolders in a Jeep. <laughs> Shut it down. Robin Scherbatsky with a gun and short hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap. I don't want to pass the hour and a half mark, so. All right. All right. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Where are we at right now? 129? 129? 124. 130? Close out.